This podcast is brought to you by Nasso, a contemporary fashion brand that creates minimalist Africa-inspired clothing and invests in the future of Africa. Find out more at shopnasso.com and follow Nasso on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at shopnasso. I'm your host, Uya Morgbe, and welcome to the Native Podcast. Black people also do deserve a seat at the table. They can be talented just like my, myself. In mm-hmm. fact, every single role that I've had at a company period, I've been the first Black person to ever be in that role. I wanted to make sure that I aspire to inspire before I expire. Our guest today is John Ima, Global Head of Game Partnerships at Snap Inc. In this episode, we'll be discussing his journey in tech, his Nigerian background, representation in the workplace, and his experience advising some of the biggest celebrities in the world, from Kevin Hart to Jennifer Lawrence. Hello, John. How are we doing? Hey, hey how's, how's it going, man? It's going really, really well. So first of all, for those who do not know who I am, uh, my name is Uya Morgbe. I am the founder of Nasso, a contemporary fashion brand that builds schools and rural villages across Africa. And we're here today with our guest, John Ima, who is the head of game partnerships at Snapchat, or Snap Inc, should I say. John, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Excited to be here, man. Awesome. Really- awesome. So, you know, let's, just, uh, let's just dive right into it, right? So um, I'm really, really interested in to, as to how you got to be you know, an executive at one of the biggest you know, tech companies in the world, right? So you're Nigerian, right? You're Nigerian. I am. Yeah. You're, are you Niger- you're Nigerian-American. Were you born in Nigeria? Or were you born in America? No. So my parents are originally from Nigeria, and I'm first born. Oh, sorry, first, first gen. So uh, I was born here. All right. Awesome. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. So, so growing up, were you always sort of interested in tech? Or how did that interest sort of come about for you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I naturally got into tech. So... I think I got my first taste of tech when I was around roughly like five and a half years old. My parents bought our first household computer. Mm. It was a Pentium one, maybe like 200 megahertz. It was very basic, but like it was the ultimate. And I remember when my parents, um, we used to have a living room upstairs. They put the PC upstairs and I was just like captivated by it, right? I was like, wow, this machine like has so many different outputs and there's so many different things that you could do to it. And so my parents ended up going downstairs to their bedroom. I took a screwdriver and did like any other young kid. I took the whole thing apart, wow. right? And so they ended up coming back upstairs. They're like, hey, if you don't put this back together, as you know, with Nigerian parents, there's going <laughs> to be consequences. And so um, hours went by and miraculously, I ended up putting it back together. My parents were blown away, but they're also shocked, right? Because they're like, hey, how did you do this? Like, what does this mean? Because technology to them, um, I think they understood it, but they didn't understand how big it was going to be, right? Because mm-hmm. when they were growing up, it was all about um, being a doctor or a lawyer, right? And that's yeah, kind of exactly. what they knew. You either be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> There's no tech in that, right? And so yeah. um, I think that was sort of an eye opening to them. And then a few weeks after that, my dad took me to a store called Fry's Electronics mm-hmm. um, back in the South. So I'm originally from Texas, but basically mm-hmm. it's a store where they sell, it's like the Disney World for tech guys. They have every single computer part that you could possibly imagine. And so he bought me all the pieces and asked me if I could try to put it together again. And I did. And then from that wow. day, that's when my parents knew that I was very gifted and they tried to embrace me as much as they can by giving me information about tech and so forth. But a lot of it was me just being self-taught and being curious and all of that stuff. So, yeah. Wow. That's unreal. And it's funny that you touch on that subject about Nigerian <laughs> parents always, you know, trying to steer their kids towards doctor, lawyer, engineer. And so 
it's awesome for you that you kind of discovered that, you know, that gift at a very early age. And so they were able to help you nurture it. Cause you know, I know a lot of, a lot of Nigerian kids who kind of feel as though they have to go doctor lawyer. And yeah. obviously being an executive at a big company is still a prestigious, you know, prestigious job, but you know, in the Nigerian culture is very much, you know, trying to steer you down those different, those different, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's great that you were able to, you know, sort of figure out uh, what you wanted to do. But okay, so so you talk about your initial, you know, love for tech, right? You find this computer, you take it apart, you put it back together. So then, how did that start to to develop, right? You go to high school, then you yeah. go to college, you go to college <laughs> in Texas. Like, did you did you study like engineering? Did you study like what were your what were your um what were your next steps? Yeah, let me give you the what is it the twenty twenty the ESPN twenty twenty. <laughs> Um, so after that, I guess sort of fast forwarding is through my elementary and sort of um, high school period, mm-hmm. a lot of what I learned was just self-taught. So getting on the internet, um, you know, sort of researching how to do things from like hacking to yeah. build computers to build websites and all that stuff. All that stuff just really fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and then that was sort of the era for me where I started to meet or just sort of have a lot of online friends. And it's funny, mm-hmm. like. If you say that now, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But like 10, 20 years ago, people were like, you got online friends? Like, you're weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so a lot of my friends um, at the time were living in places like California and overseas and so on and so forth and really just giving me knowledge about just the tech land and telling me, like, about companies like Google and, mm. you know, the Facebooks and stuff and how there was sort of this new emerging land about tech. And so for me, that was like – it's almost like my parents coming to America. For me, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I need to be in Cali, in Cali, uh, sorry, in California because that's where everybody is, right? Like yeah. people like myself. And so it was um, probably through high school, for me was probably the most challenging, well, one of the most challenging parts of my life because it was kind of this period to where I was really good at sports mm-hmm. and tech wasn't necessarily embraced uh, within my peers. I mean, it didn't make yeah. me cool. And, yeah. you know, as a young sort of person, you want to kind of blend in, right? And yeah, so yeah, exactly. being like this really nerdy black guy, which doesn't didn't really exist. Like I was the yeah. only guy that really understood just tech down to the T and yeah. so forth, didn't blend well. And so I had to make a decision. Do I really try to go the sports path and be like an NBA player or whatever? Yeah. Or do I really embrace tech? And I decided to do that. I decided to really give tech my all. And so after I graduated from high school, um, me and a friend founded our first company. Um, it was called SRSS Rendering. Uh, at the time, my sister was in college going to USC and mm-hmm. she was taking an arts class and um, the laptop that she had didn't have a ton of power. Mm-hmm. And so basically uh, my friend's dad owned a server farm. We ended up writing a program that basically helped you render out images one sixteenth of the time. So in other words, when you create something um, you know, using like Adobe products, sometimes it takes a long time to export it, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on like the complexity of the project. And so we figured out a way to like expedite that process, right? And right. so a few people in her class were using it and then um, long story short, ended up getting acquired. And so my parents were like extremely like happy, but they again, didn't know what that meant. They're like, okay, yeah. you're still going to go to school, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, and for me, you know, I didn't really know what that meant too. And so I did like what any sort of entrepreneur would do was, hey, I'm going to start my second com- company. And this was probably around the time, um, I'd say probably late senior year uh, mm-hmm. of high school. And so I uh, started a company with the friends called Sync Concepts, where we're going to make mobile games. And at mm-hmm. the time, you had like all these like 
dominant um, games that are on like the App Store and the Play Store and so forth. And I wanted to make a game that was called Revenge of the Nerds um, yeah. that would have nerds really? basically beating up on the bullies, right? Yeah. And um, we money that way. Long story short, um, I ended up buying all the trademarks and we're probably about 80% complete with the project when um, um, an IP lawyer for a company or I can't say reached out and bought everything from me. So that was like my second act, wow. sort of act acquisition before uh, I even got into college, right? And so yeah. at, at that point, I knew that I had talent, but I didn't really understand what it actually meant. Because again, growing yeah. up in a household to where tech wasn't necessarily embraced because like, there was a huge knowledge gap, right? And then me being the only person within my field with the same color of my skin, right? Yeah. It was very hard for me to sort of figure out what I do. And so yeah. um, my my parents um, basically told me, hey, you know, you should go to college. And it was me going to college was really for a promise for my parents. It wasn't necessarily for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up going to school and um, to college. And um, it's funny, if, if you asked me what I learned in college, I'd say I probably learned more about myself. Right, yeah. being on my own, developing mm -hmm. more of like a personality, uh, being learning, learning how to basically survive without your parents, right? Which is a critical moment in your time, in, in yeah. your life. And so while I was in college, um, I actually ended up like teaching classes and stuff because my oh, teachers wow. recognized that I was really good at uh, tech. And so when they'd have, um, you know, computer class classes about just basic things, students didn't tend to listen to our professors, but they would listen to like this young, like, yeah, I guess in many ways, cool guy, right? Yeah. And so I would end up teaching classes or assisting and so forth. Um, my, um, I guess my third year in college, I got reached out about an, op an opportunity at Samsung, which I was mm -hmm. like blown away, right? Yeah. They're like, hey, we've heard a lot about you. Um, growing up, people used to call me like the computer man, yeah. um, um, Black Bill Gates, Michael Jordan at Tech, <laughs> Um, and it's funny, I hated all those nicknames because I felt like it was almost like a label, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, like Michael Jordan's really good at basketball and you're like tech, like we're going to call you that. And then as I got older, I've sort of embraced that because I'm like, okay, I get it. Like Michael Jordan is really good at basketball and people comparing my sort of like knowledge or my skill to him mm -hmm. is like great, right? It's like a positive thing. And so um, fast forward to Samsung, I got an opportunity at Samsung. They reached out to me while I was in college and I started working for them. And so I was um, one of their youngest employees to work there. So I worked on the Galaxy line before it became a thing. Wow. So um, the Samsung phones, all that stuff. Um, I did that for a few years, um, was traveling to California, um, got hit up by a company called Take-Two Interactive. You mm -hmm. probably don't know, um, but um, they make a lot of the nostalgic IP that you probably play like NBA 2K, yeah. Borderlands, Bioshock, yeah. um, Grand Theft Auto, the list goes on and on. And so I ended up working for them and sort of shifting my um, skill set. So originally I started off as like an engineer and then I slowly started to um, move away from that and become more of a business person because I realized as an entrepreneur, you don't really want to be dependent on anyone. It kind of slows you down. You want to be like this master person that has all these skill sets. And then when your yeah. company scale or whatever, you can start hiring expertises, exactly. right? You kind of have to know it because, and I'm sure you know this with your own business, business yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, I ended up working from them and doing a lot of like digital branding and sort of like product marketing around the franchises and also helping um, 
upgrade the technology for those games. Mm -hmm. So when those games were being made um, back in the day, the artists had to basically draw them, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, you want Kobe Bryant, like we take a picture of him, we make him as realistic as possible. Yeah. With the, the new sort of technology that we created, um, you could scan them now. So mm -hmm. every player scanned down to the de details of the pores. The only things that you can't scan is their eyes, right? That's yeah. why everyone's eyes look the same. <laughs> and so I did that for a while. And while I was there, um, I got to, um, you know, help launch titles like GTA V, which did like a billion dollars in three days and yeah. so forth. Um, and um, yeah, it was uh, great. And um, um, I guess fast forwarding, I got to work with one of my friends that was starting a startup called Twitch. Mm -hmm. um which is like a live streaming platform for gamers yeah um we ended up getting acquired by amazon which was awesome um and then got reached out by facebook to basically lead a lot of their new initiatives um, um and i worked on a lot of things from like ig live when that wasn't a thing wow. um to uh, um just building a ton of products to now ending up at um snapchat um leading a lot of their gaming and then also um some entertainment stuff as well so uh that's like the simplified version. If you Damn, that, dude, that is, <laughs> that is unbelievable. That's incredible to see. I mean, um, it's very interesting. That's like another question I did have for you as well. And you did touch on it, on it a bit. Like, it seems as though from the very beginning, you've sort of had this affinity for games, right? Like for gaming, like Revenge of the Nerds. All yeah. Stuff. So it seems like you've gravitated towards that. Like, are you, is that a space that you like really love and that you really enjoy? That's like games just in general? Yeah. Um... I've always enjoyed playing games. I mean, for me, gaming has always been like this um, bonding period between whether it's like my friends and family. Mm -hmm. And so I think the problem with the gaming industry, it's almost like tech has gotten a little bit better than that is most people don't know how you can get into it. Mm -hmm. And so me being sort of an entrepreneur, I kind of wanted to crack that code, right? Mm -hmm. To where it's like, hey, how do I figure out how to get into this industry that I embrace and sort of figure out the opportunity behind it? Truthfully, um, the Revenge of the Nerds, a company that I started, was something that I was very ambitious about and I wanted to do. But mm -hmm. the gaming op the, the gaming opportunities that sort of followed behind that fell into my lap, right? Because mm -hmm. of like hearing about Revenge of the Nerds and yeah. so forth. And so, you know, I'm very passionate about gaming. I love the entertainment space mm -hmm. as well. And like I advise for like startups there. Mm -hmm. um, and then just anything that's like has to do with like being creative or new emerging technologies and you know, also like fashion, you know, yeah, exactly. all, all those things. So all those things, that's incredible. You're like, so you're just like an all around <laughs> entrepreneur, right? Just trying to solve problems, learn more about, you know, different problems and different things in different spaces, essentially, from what I'm hearing. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head. I think the thing I've learned from in my career, being an entrepreneur, the best ones are the ones that solve problems, not create right. them. And exactly. I think early on in my career, I used to create a lot of problems like, oh, it'd be cool to have a gyro sensor do this or whatever, right? Yeah. Versus now it's like, oh, how do I make someone's lives easier? Like, how do I bring joy to people, right? Exactly. And so those are the things that are scalable. That's unreal, that's incredible. Um, that's amazing. So, you know, one thing that you touched on earlier uh, was this sort of, um, this lack of knowledge about your talent and this inability to really look around the room and see somebody that looks like you, right? I mean, that's something that you touched on. So obviously, given the current social climate um, and, you know, this this worldwide global movement about Black Lives Matter, about representation matters, about, you know, we need more people of color in these these higher positions. How do you how do you feel about that? And how do you think that would have helped you 
um, a longer journey and if it would have helped you or not. And also, you know, has it gotten better in tech since you entering versus now? Yeah, so it's a great question. I think just growing up in general, like my parents coming from America and like not speaking a lick of, ling of English and sort of having to self uh, teach themselves just how to be American in this country, mm -hmm. right? I, I think from growing up, my parents sort of instilled in me that, hey, you being like as a black man here, like you're always going to be an outsider and you're going to have to work 100x hard harder right people are going to judge you because of the color of your skin because of the way you dress because of the way you talk and so mm -hmm. forth and so i i think for me and i think a lot of other people of color or black people kind of share the same um sentiment is it's not a good thing but you kind of get used to it right mm -hmm. it's like i got used to the point of you know walking down the street and you know, you see someone sort of look back because there's a fear of like, maybe you might steal their purse yeah. or walking in like a parking lot and you hear the, ch -ch -ch, the, the yeah. doors lock or whatever, right? You kind of get used to it. It's not necessarily like something that just crosses your mind. And so as I got into like my profession, I think it was a couple of things. For me, I knew immediately from being in the room, like I never saw anyone that looked like me. Mm -hmm. And I saw it as an opportunity to sort of educate my colleagues within that space or anyone that I met to sort of know that, hey, black people also do deserve a seat at the table. They can be talented just like my, 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 myself. In mm -hmm. fact, every single role that I've had at a company period, I've been the first black person to ever be in that role, wow. right? And if you think yeah. about some of the companies I've worked for, like Facebook's not, generally speaking, like that old of a company. They've been around yeah. for over a decade now, but Samsung, right, has been around yeah. since forever. And so I was like the first black person to have that role. And so like, I wanted to make sure that I aspire to inspire before I expire. Exactly. Right. And so anywhere, anything that I do, people that I meet, it's an opportunity to educate them that, hey, like, um, you know, uh, I'm black, like, these are the values that I bring, like, I should be treated mm -hmm. as equal as you. And like, look, there's a lot of challenges, right? You're seeing that, especially in this day and age. And like, my hope that just in general, for like, the United States for the world is there is change, right? Yeah. Change, like racism is taught, right? And that's one of the things yeah. that I've learned, right? And so I, I, I think we're heading in the right direction. There's definitely been um, a lot of um, small changes here and there, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. 100%, mm -hmm. that's amazing. And, and I agree with you like 100% in that, in that respect, right? And I think what you're doing is incredible, right? You're basically, opening these doors and continuously being the first. And as you said, I love that quote that you said, you're like, um, aspire to inspire before, yeah, <laughs> before you expire. I love that quote. I've never heard that before, but it's incredible. And, you know, I think that moving forward that you're going to be that sort of shining light for individuals who are in tech. You know, I know there's people that are watching this right now saying like, like, like what? Like, this is like, there's black men out there that are doing these incredible things and that are in technology and that are rising the ranks. And, you know, being the first in all these really, really giant um, tech companies, which is amazing. Um, so another point I wanted to touch on, and you, you touched on it slightly um, earlier, was, you know, your ability to be extremely dynamic and sort of, you know, just seamlessly move between spaces, whether it's fashion, whether it's, you know, tech, whether it's, you know, entrepreneurship at large, like all these different types of things that you're doing. One in particular is that you said that you advise, right? Which is a really, really um, uh, important skill you know, because you're really good at building relationships with individuals, right? Um, how did you sort of get into that? I know you said you migrated from being an engineer to an entrepreneur, which is a little bit more 
of a social role, right? It requires more social capital, more ability to you know interact with individuals. So how did you sort of go from being this this master of tech to you know advising individuals like Kevin Hart and Jennifer Lawrence and a variety yeah. of other you know you know big mainstream A list celebrities? Yeah. So another great question. I, I think early on in sort of my career when I became an entrepreneur. I think it's important that you understand what your weaknesses are. Mm. And I wasn't really good at like talking to people. I wasn't good at networking and so forth. And so as I sort of like looked at how business was done, that was one of the things that I realized in school, they don't really teach you. It really is about who you know. Exactly. And you have to put yourself out there and have people sort of understand you as a person. And so I made it a point of mine that everywhere I went, I wanted people to know who I was. But then also to get across that, you know, I'm this like genuine person that is very passionate about all the things that I can do. And mm -hmm. I'm someone that they can trust, which is really important in any sort of aspect of business, right? Yeah. And, and so um, as, as I started to, um, um, and, and I, I guess I really realized this when I was in college, because I was fairly popular among my peers for being the computer man. Mm -hmm. Anytime their, their sort of computers were fixed, they would call me up, you know, um, and just do things. And so I started to use that as an opportunity to really socialize and sort of build like a brand or a name for myself. And so when I started my career, um, a part of what I did was, um, you know, as I was like traveling like with Samsung and I go to all these events about the, the Galaxy line and mm -hmm. have to promote the, the sort of products, I use it as an opportunity um, to tell the Samsung executive team to put me more as a focal point for these initiatives. Meaning that, mm -hmm. hey, like I'm comfortable speaking on stage about the, the Galaxy phone. I'm yeah. comfortable traveling around the world. And so naturally, I started to network and meet people, yeah. right? And so I think the mistake that people make within their uh, sort of, uh, I just lost my train of thought, the mistake that they make within their roles or their jobs mm -hmm. is you put the company first. It has to be a balance as well, right? Mm -hmm. You also need to focus on branding yourself because for a while in my career, everyone used to call me Samsung John, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, there goes Samsung John, yeah. right? And so, and you know, as being a young guy at that point, I thought it was very, very uh, cool. But then also like when I left Samsung, like Samsung John was gone. It wasn't yeah. about John anymore. And so yeah. it was really important that, you know, I worked on the branding of myself. So um, I, I think one of the things that I realized was when, um, you know, I used, uh, so I'm originally from Texas. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, lived there the majority of my life. And then I moved to the Bay to mm. SF and that was like the golden land for me. And mm. it was the first point in my career to where everyone, whether you went to a Starbucks or wherever, was just like you literally sit yeah. down at the table, the guy <laughs> behind me would be like, yeah, I'm working on this like NASA spacecraft. And then to your left, this guy's like, oh yeah, I'm working at Facebook on some algorithm. I'm like, wow, this is heaven, right? Yeah. This is great. And so I use it as an opportunity to really brand myself and like network and so forth. And I think the nice thing about tech is when you're doing things that are innovative and creative, you slowly start to make a name for yourself, right? People right. start to know it's like, oh yeah, that's John, the guy that helped create this or yeah. did that or whatever. L LA has been a little bit tricky because um, part of me like helping inspire more people of color, especially black people is like, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of the youth look at what's cool, right? Mm -hmm. And tech, in many ways is misunderstood and it's not cool. It doesn't have that cool factor because we're yeah. not like LeBron James where yeah. we get the sneaker deal yeah. and like the foreign cars, like a lot of tech people, I guess for lack of better words, aren't flashy. And mm -hmm. so for me, I think as I started like, you know, um, you know, traveling and speaking at different like schools and so forth, I wanted to make it a point of 
being able to um, resonate well with the audience I'm speaking to, right? Mm -hmm. And so dressing like how people, you know, because I love fashion and showing that, yeah. hey, I work in tech and he's a fashionable guy and so forth. Yeah. Um, so that was part of like the branding. Um, how I met like the Kevin Hart's and all those guys was really just traveling and word of mouth being spread, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would go to, I would get invited to the, you know, some cool events like the Oscars or the Golden Globes or mm -hmm. just like these really private um, events at houses. And mm -hmm. um, I just use it as an opportunity to go up to them and introduce myself. And I think yeah. with celebrities or just anyone, people can sense if you're genuine and exactly. you know what you're talking about versus yeah. you're just there to like get something for, for the gram, exactly. right? And pose exactly. with them and so forth. And I think immediately as I started to meet people, they realized that I didn't like give a damn about all that. All I cared about was like meeting really great people that were creative and like figuring out ways that I could further like my career and my success. And then also figuring out ways to add value to them. Exactly. And yeah. adding value to them is really, really important. Cause I think a lot of times you get into a position to where you're always asking and mm -hmm. like Kevin Hart, like, you know, he's a really close friend of mine. We talk all the time. Yeah. He probably gets millions of people. I mean, I'm exaggerating. He gets a ton of people yeah. asking for stuff. And yeah. like, I remember when we first met, he told me that I was like one of the only people that he ever met that didn't ask him for anything. I generally yeah. was just talking to him. And so I approached it like that. And then, you know, Kevin Hart, you know, can introduce you to The Rock or yeah. other people. And then, you know, naturally it just starts to spread and people exactly. know who you are. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think that, you know, the, the common denominator across everything that you said today is the idea that your personal brand is your most valuable asset, which is something that I believe so, so, so strongly, right? Like how you approach people is probably the most important thing, right? Your first, your first impression, like when you meet somebody, they can tell, right? They can see through people who aren't authentic, who aren't genuine, who don't really care about individuals on a personal level. And I think that Honestly, that's one of the biggest qualities in very good entrepreneurs is that, you know, they actually care about the people that they're serving and the people that they surround themselves with, right? It's not just like, I'm trying to do this for personal gain or, you know, do this just for the superficial, you know, photo, like you said. Um, and I think that you, from what you said, you've just basically mastered that and um, just been true to yourself um, at all times, which has obviously worked very heavily in your favor, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, you've got to continue to push yourself to learn, to adapt, and just, like, get to know people, right? And I think those are, like, my three dominant skill sets. And, like, I'm constantly learning new things, and, like, I just like that. And I think that's what makes you more of, like, a value player, not just, like, in my career or, like, in tech, but just in life in general, right? Whether it's, mm -hmm. like, for a career thing or a personal thing or whatever the case may be, so. Unreal. I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, so, um my my last question is a question i usually ask everybody uh, that comes on the show is how much would you say because for me um you know a big part of my identity a big part of what i do is centered around uh, my nigerian heritage right like yeah i went back to my dad's village i saw the school i wanted to make a difference you know able to put them school my whole thing's about giving back empowering and everything like that how much would you say that your nigerian heritage or your african heritage has shaped you into who you are today yeah so you know honestly that's a really good question i think earlier on in my career or just even you know as i was a kid being nigerian in america was challenging because people looked at it as opportunities to basically just roast you or make yeah. fun of you, right they're like oh you're nine nigerian oh yeah you know you guys do a drive-by by dark 
or whatever, right? Or your family's probably naked right now because they don't have clothes yeah. and so forth. And so it made me a little bit, for lack of better words, like it shied me away from it. Like I didn't really want to embrace my culture because it wasn't really accepted among like my peers, among my friends, among my colleagues mm. and so forth. And I think the other side of it too is every sort of Nigerian kid, I think, sort of has this commonality is when you grow up in a nine in a Nigerian household, your parents always tell you the same stories every single time, right? It's like, when I was growing up, I had to walk 45 miles just to get to school wearing all white and so forth. Yeah. You don't really understand it. You're like, in, in your head, you're like, God, can you just like, shut up, right? Like I've heard it millions and millions of times. And yeah. so as I've gotten older, something changed, right? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it was just like challenges with my life, right? Like. Um, you know, you get unexpected things that happen. Like my mom got cancer and so forth, and mm -hmm. she ended up passing away. And so for That's me, right. I realized that my parents actually did sacrifice a lot to get me to where I am. And the least I could do was be successful in life. And so mm -hmm. the stories that they used to tell me when I was a kid, I actually started telling people that, right? Because it really helped inspire me more. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, my parents literally came here and they had to do X, Y, and Z. And so being sort of Nigerian has really shaped me as a person. It's really made me more driven because I'm like, if my parents can come to this country and be, and literally have a dollar 67, which true story, and sleep in a car yeah. and have four kids and yeah. give themselves an education and work long nights and all those things, like, like I'm set, right? Like yeah. I use that as motivation and, you know, the sky is the limit for me and I'm constantly push pushing myself. So I love being, Nigerian. I wish I learned more about it, and that's something I'm sort of, mm -hmm. um, you know, pushing myself to do. And I just love everything about it, as you can see on the pit <laughs> I got. <laughs> I know I peeped that earlier. I was like, oh, is that a Nigerian? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, but that's fantastic, and I agree with you to that point. You know, and this is something that's happening in the world that's very, very, very interesting, right? Which is why I sort of started on my brand not so in the beginning, right? Because when I was younger, similar to you being nigerian being african it wasn't a cool thing at all if yeah. anything it was a point of like, yeah people will bully you because of it oh you're this you're this because the world perceived africa in a very 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 inaccurate and simple and very third world right exactly <laughs> in a singular way and so it was like yeah people are poor you saw the commercials all this type of stuff right but now which is interesting like over the past five years or so you're now starting to see Africa being rebranded and reshaped into something yeah. else. Now, suddenly, you know, people are like, oh, wait, well, like, I want to be, I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. Black Panther comes out. Everybody's walking around like Wakanda forever, right? So it's like, <laughs> it's this sudden shift. And all the Nigerians, all the Africans are sitting here like, <laughs> like, wait a second, wait a second. Like, what's going on here? I used to be made fun of for that very, um, for that no, very I mean reason. But now people are really starting to, you know, view African in a different light because of the way it's now being rebranded and reshaped. Um, so that's something that I find very, very interesting and something that we're actually trying to pioneer in the apparel and fashion space, right? Like, hey, like, look at all these beautiful designs, look at all these beautiful prints, like how about we integrate that with, you know, Western design and Western prints and create something that people can look at that's digestible to them and they think, wow, like, this is actually pretty sick. Like, this is dope. Like, I actually want to be a part of this, right? So um so i totally agree with you to that point 100 percent. there's been this huge sort of shift in paradigm and this shift in just the way that the the world is perceiving africa and um now companies like nike and companies like h&m and all these big companies are trying to tap into that which i find no, totally I, I mean for lack of better words growing up it's like oh my gosh john you're african let me give you 99 cents yeah. right just yeah. get you a bill versus it's like 
oh my god wow you're african let me like where can i buy the clothes like yeah how can i be down and for me it's made me a little bit uncomfortable because you know when you've been like uh made fun of for so long about your character your heritage and culture yeah. and like now it's become more mainstream you're like is this really genuine yeah but i think exactly. it actually is and people are, are embracing it more like I don't necessarily wear a lot of Nigerian clothing, mm -hmm. but people that aren't Ni Nigerian do. Like they're coming yeah. out with their own brands. You know, they've got posters in the background of their house, like you said, with Wakanda, um, yeah. just all sorts of different things. And so I think, again, similar to like the challenges I had early on in my career, being like the only black person in the room with this whole like African um, 2.0 rebrand within yeah. like our mindsets, I've used it as an opportunity to help educate people more and not necessarily shy away from it just because I had a bad experience growing up. Yeah, 100%. That's incredible. Um, listen, John, you were fantastic. I know everybody listening enjoyed your story. I enjoyed your story. I mean, it was very, very, very incredible to hear. And, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, one, continuing, uh, you know, these conversations that we've been having. And also just looking forward to um, the ways that you're gonna inspire people moving forward because you're a very inspiring guy and you know, just keep living the life that you're living and you know, you're gonna open doors for a lot of people, um, both literally and figuratively, right? People are gonna, wow, this guy's doing this, it's incredible, but also to show them you know, what's possible, right? So right. Um, thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing, John. And um, you know, looking forward to continuing our relationship as I know we just met, but- um, Yeah, thanks for having me, yeah. this is fun. 100%. All right, John, you take care, all right? All right, see you, man. That concludes this episode of The Native Podcast. We hope you were inspired by John's story. To learn more about The Native Podcast, follow Naso on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Shop Naso. We'll see you next time.